Yo, 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 Kieferante here. How's everybody doing? Coming to you on this beautiful day. Actually, a little bit overcast today, but coming to you on this podcast and on YouTube to talk a little bit about the family mountain, how to take dominion on the family mountain. This is one of the mandates uh, that was revealed to several people years ago that the family mountain was a mountain that we were supposed to prioritize and those that prioritized it. We're not just getting back people, trying to get people saved, we're trying to get people into healthy family dynamics. And you know what, something uh, recently my wife and I um, were, were talking about, because we were talking about which mountain have we been called to? I do a lot of work with business guys, so it's like, oh, am I on the business mountain? Or I do some work on the government mountain, so it's like, am I on the government mountain? But we started realizing, you know what, in reality, Heather and I's biggest passion is family. And so we're really climbing the family mountain. Now, this might not look like, um, uh, you know, like, what, what does it look like to have an authority in the family mountain? Uh, bringing the kingdom of God there. Well, it looks, it doesn't necessarily look like we have the biggest voices for family. It doesn't look like our voices are famous voices. There's some really great ministries out there that are amazing champions of family. But my wife and I have made it a priority, a priority to prioritize our family, our personal family in um, whatever we are doing. Now, we of course God is first, but I love what Joshua says. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not worshiping family. We're worshiping God as family. We're prioritizing God as a family. There's a, there's I mean I, I work you know with a lot of business people with CEOs. A lot of a lot of the work that I am doing with a business person is just getting them to prioritize putting God first. And, and focusing on their family in that journey. There's a lot of business guys that love the Lord, but their priority is making money. And I say, I'm telling them, I say, hey, you know what? Your priority is making, it's like you're, you save the world and lose your soul. You're trying to make the money. You're trying to increase business. You're trying to grow your brand. You're trying to grow your business. But you're not prioritizing the Lord, which God's, there's an order that God has established. Love you know, like love the Lord first, prioritize the Lord. Then if you're married, love your, your spouse. And, and I know this to make this super clear, male needs to love a female spouse, female spouse loving a male spouse. In our world, that's a little bit confused right now. But get, that's how God designed things. If you look at Jesus, Jesus says, hey, in the uh, beginning, it was not so. In the beginning, this was my original order. In the beginning, Jesus says, man and woman were together. They were one. And if you divorce the woman, you're committing adultery in the Lord's eyes. And it's like there, there's no other version of this except man and woman. That's why Jesus says there's a sin of homosexuality. There's a sin of fornication, being with someone outside of marriage, someone else besides the person you're married to. There's a sin of adultery, there's a sin of fornication, adultery is within marriage, fornication is outside of marriage. So like Jesus, the original order in family was one man with one woman for your whole life, loving that person well. And Malachi 2 says, hey, 
Don't break faith with the wife of your youth because I'm seeking godly offspring. Now, God's design is, first of all, that if you're married, you do well with your spouse to put the Lord first. Putting the Lord first, what does that mean? If you're loving the Lord every day, if you're spending time with the Lord every day, you cannot spend an ounce of, mo of a moment with the Lord in his presence without feeling conviction when you're not loving your spouse well. You cannot spend an ounce of time with the Lord without, you know, while trying to worship him, being in his presence, where then all of a sudden you have a conviction where you're being harsh to your kids. Because that is what happens when you put the Lord first. When you come into his presence, it, 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 he will make known to you things that are incongruent with his presence. Scripture says, do not be harsh with your wife. It will hinder your prayers. And, and I think it's in 1 Peter. Also, it says, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you have a problem with your brother, let down, put the gift down and go make things right with your brother, family, spouse, children, brothers and sisters, parents, and then spiritual brothers and sisters, spiritual parents, spiritual sons and daughters. Like some of us are like, well, I'm single. My parents have died or I'm divorced. Okay, let me, let me just say this. There's, there's no guilt if you're divorced. There's no shame if you're single. Like wherever you're at, Paul says in, in um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 7, remain in that situation. If you're married, stay married. If you're single, stay serious. single. But he says if you get married, it's okay. But he's like, whatever situation in, you're in, it's okay. Your identity is secure in Christ if you're single, if you're married. I personally love being married. I've been married for 25 years to one lady. I've only had sex with one woman my entire life by God's grace, only by his grace. My lovely wife, Heather Michelle Ferrante. We were married at 22 years old. I, was, I dated her for a year and I'm like, this is the one we got married and you know what? We have we have had plenty of tests in our marriage. We've had plenty of challenges, but I've prioritized marriage. I've prioritized marriage, God, then my marriage, then my children, then my ministry and the things that uh, I'm passionate about, then, then my entrepreneur endeavors and financial things. And that is like, that is how you have authority in the family mountain to be a voice for family, to be a champion of God's original governmental structure, which is family. God's original government, he told family, hey, go rule and subdue the earth. Go, you know, rule the garden. Go to have dominion over the animals. Go, you know, till the ground and, and the soil. And, and uh, remember right at the beginning in, 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 in Genesis, it says, the Lord had put, you know, vegetation there and everything, but he didn't, hadn't had a man there to till the ground yet. And there was no water yet. So he, those two elements were needed before he was going to release vegetation because vegetation, trees, plants, flowers, you know, garden, you know, vegetables, everything was not going to be able to come to the earth, come out until there was first someone to rule and subdue it, to operate in government structure. Heaven's structure, bring heaven to earth, rule and subdue this. I'm, I'm going to give you something that's chaotic. I'm going to give you something that's out of order and you're to bring it into order. That's, that's what we're called to do everywhere we go, guys. With family, serving the Lord, we are called to rule and subdue the world God has given us around us. The people, we're called to serve them, the environment we're called to be in. 
everything we're called to do, we're called to bring this into heaven's value and bring order, bring peace, bring structure, remove sin, remove confusion, remove hate, remove fear, bring the love of God, bring the peace of God, bring solutions into the world. We're called to do it and we're called to do it with family. God was seeking godly offspring. So don't break faith with the wife of your youth, scripture says. Now, society, they, they, there is just as many, as, and according to statistics, divorced people as there are married people um, that are Christians. Just as many divorced Christians as there are married Christians, as there are divorced unbelievers as and married unbelievers. Like the statistics are maybe fairly similar. And like, which is sad. It's like we have not been able to get a breakthrough in marriage and in family. And guys, you know, you know how you get breakthrough as a prophetic person. One of the things that I have learned that's given me breakthrough in the family is I have to focus on my family. I used to travel and do events and do prophetic acts, do meetings, preach, do prayer things, do worship things, all these sort of things, still do that. But like when I was doing that, sometimes the tension would hit the family because warfare starts coming. Scripture says we fight not against flesh and blood, but how many know once you get the battle going, you're going to try to take some territory for the, for the kingdom? It does begin to manifest in flesh and blood arguments, disagreements, dissension, criticalness, judgmentalness towards each other, suspicion towards one another, complaining with one another. The enemy always takes it to flesh and blood, even though we have to remind ourselves it's not flesh and blood we're fighting with. We're, we are fighting with principalities and powers. We're fighting the word principality is origin. The enemy wants to change original design. So he starts trying to mess with original design, which is healthy family, which is male and female, which is parents loving children, children loving parents. Remember in the end, it says children will be disobedient to parents. And, and, and it says in, in the last days that parents, you know, like children will turn their parents over. Parents will turn their kids over. They'll turn them in. They'll try to separate, they'll try to like disown them. But guys, listen, it's, it's been the last days for thousands, a couple thousand years. So many people say, oh, it's the last days. It's the last. Yeah, it's the last days. But do you know what? His kingdom is coming to earth. In the last days, his kingdom is coming. His kingdom will know no end. His kingdom will increase and his kingdom is going to grow through the family and family is going to ascend in every realm of society, on the government mountain, on the business mountain, in the media mountain, and in, in the religious mountain. And it's going to begin to be priority. Like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You watch a lot of leaders in the Bible. David, he didn't prioritize family. He says, it says about his children. Uh, I think it was a Sarah, or uh, I can't remember the, the name, um, uh, Etherop or something. One of the sons says, David never asked his son why he did what he did. And then that son ended up betraying him, doing something dumb, getting killed. He had Absalom who was rebellious. Like David, one of the shortcomings was family. His mentor Samuel didn't do too good with his family. He had his sons that didn't honor the Lord and they were wicked. And Israel's like, we don't want your sons to lead us. And then Samuel didn't have a good model in family. Eli, which was his spiritual father, had wicked sons as well. There was three generations of wicked family. And you even notice that David's son, Solomon, who was served the Lord for a while, ended up going astray. So it was something that David did not focus on that eventually had repercussions. Now, I'm thankful for 
the, the, you know, the grace of God, that the grace of God can, can cover all those mistakes and, and keep us, you know, honoring the Lord and keep us doing what God has asked us to do. And, and, and David's in the hall of faith, Hebrews 11, David got Jesus building on David's throne. So we're, we're, the grace of God covers all that. But I just wonder what the, the, the throne after David, how, how many generations of godly leaders would rise up after David and, and kings would have honored the Lord if David had prioritized his family and maybe not the government and, you know, focused on war and extending the borders of Israel. Like, you still get assignments done. Like, focusing on your family doesn't mean you don't have a job, you don't work, you don't do this, but it's a priority of the heart. We would do doing prophetic acts. My family would be arguing. Me and my wife would be tense. And I just, I finally got the breakthrough. I'm like, you know what? The breakthrough is loving my family well, not taking this territory, not doing some great prophetic act, not preaching at this, this message. I'm not going to preach and be hard on my family. You guys need to calm down. I'm getting ready to preach and do what God's asked me to do. You need to be quiet. No, I'm not going to be harsh to my family to preach the gospel. I see a lot of business people, they hurt their family as they're focusing on their business. I see a lot of pastors, they're like, oh, my kids love the Lord. I would, I would see different pastors and apostles and prophets. They're like, yeah, I've, I just feel so compelled to go, by God to travel. And I've, you know, my, my family's all good. And I, and I know a lot of their family. I'm like, no, your family's not really good. They have a lot of orphan uh, thinking. They have a lot of hurt. They have a lot of rejections. They have some wounding in their life because you did focus on ministry over them. You have to learn how to build your ministry, your business, what maybe your business is your ministry, your, everything you're doing in a way that you do not hurt your family. And I begin to have this value system in my mind. It's like I want I, like three pillars that needed to, to, to interface correctly. Focus on family, focus on God and purpose and focus on finances. I wanted those three to be pillars in my life. It's like, how do I have something that honor is, is fulfilling and is my purpose, something that works with family and something that works financially? How is my life gonna have all three of those mindsets, values equally focused on? Sometimes it's like you got this great folk, you know, you got this great purpose going on. You have the finances working really well, but your family is hurting. Or sometimes you're doing really well in your finances, but your kingdom purpose is not advancing and your family is not advancing. I'm like, it should be both. It should be all three, actually. It should be all three. There is a way to create, there's a model. I begin to think of myself, what's the model where I can have the finances I need? walking in the kingdom purpose I'm called to walk in and my family being loved well and me prioritizing my wife and my kids. And that was a lot of work, but that's become a mindset that I live from and a mindset that I champion everywhere I go. Working with CEOs, working with leaders, working with prophetic people. My passion is always healthy relationships, healthy marriage, being healthy sons and daughters, being healthy mothers and fathers, being healthy brothers and sisters in the Lord, being kingdom friends, like relational dynamics. And, I, and I'm thankful that the body of Christ is focusing on this more, 
that there's more emphasis on this. God is really focusing on this. I think this is the greatest message of our hour. And actually, the Lord told me, he said, because you focus on family, I will give you authority in California because the issue in California is not over government, it's over family. So guys, you don't even realize that when you focus on family, you make decisions that prioritize your family, what God does to give you actually authority. And listen, your kids... How many of you know at the end of the day, if you, if, if you focus on your kids, you focus on your spouse, you will have no regrets. You will be thankful. You may not have as much money as you want. You may not be as famous as you want. Your ministry might be a little slower in building. But let me tell you something. Your ministry might be slower in building, but it will be have an eternal, far more longevity and sustainability and inheritance and legacy by focusing on a slower build. If you build it right and slower, it's like, you know what? I'm not going to advance my business, my ministry. I'm not going to advance my whatever it is God's given me to advance in a way that hurts my family dynamics, in a way that hurts my relationship with the Lord. My relationship with the Lord has to be sweet, then my family sweet. Then on top of that, I build something, business and, and a kingdom assignment and all, and all those things. It's such a joy, guys. I remember one of my mentors telling me this. He's like, Keith. Let me, sh let me share a vision. If you would just, if, if you would focus on your two kids, spend the next 20 years of your life as your kids are growing up, loving them well, focusing on them, as they go on, as they go, as, as they, you know, as they, you know, as they get older, they will rule the world. We will rule the world because you focus on your kids and then you help other parents focus on their kids. Together, we will have an authority that will bring our nation, nations back to the Lord in such a heightened way than anything we've ever seen. Woo! This gets me excited, guys. I hope you're excited about this. I, I believe it. I took that vision and I said yes to it. And now I have no regrets. My daughter's getting married uh, this, this week, actually. And, you know, it's been such a joy walking the journey with her. Now we're going to get to walk with her as, as her last name changes from, from Ferrante to Stankiewicz. And, and we're going to now, you know, we're gaining a son in, in this journey. And we're going to be walking with her and her husband in a, in a new season. Because, you know, I love it. We focus on family and our kids want to be around us. We want to be around them. Our kids don't. They're, they're not despising us. They're not off. I want to get as far away from my family as I can. My son, my daughter, they love being around us. Now, we're not perfect. We have arguments. We have messes. I make mistakes. We hurt each other. They hurt me. I hurt them. We hurt, you know, but we work through it. We intentionally try not to hurt each other. We intentionally try to work on, you know, love, loving together. And, and guys, listen, some of us grew up with cycles of unhealthy family dynamics. Some of us are just reproducing after the unhealthy dynamic that we were, that we had happened to us. It was modeled to us. Parents weren't there. Parents fought. Parents were divorced. Parents were not there for the kids. Parents left the kids orphans, kids, like whatever the cycle is. But, and I, and I watch people get divorced and remarried, divorced and remarried, divorced and remarried. I'm like, okay, they just don't understand a cycle they're in. That God actually wants them to break that cycle, forgive the people that did the things they did, come out of agreement with the lies that's caused them to do the same things, learn the truth, learn new behaviors, learn new mindsets, learn new faithful behaviors and learn new ways of communicating and, and having uh, con conflict resolution and, and loving people well and finding how people need their needs met and just doing really well in those areas. And, 
And breaking that cycle, and guys, and I've seen people break that cycle over and over again. That was my biggest passion, that I would be faithful to my wife. I would break any family curse in the family line of unfaithfulness that we had here and there in the family line and bring a faithful order back to my family so my kids could be handed an inheritance of faithfulness. My kids could be handed an inheritance of, of godly parenting and godly um you know, a, a marriage and, and we've not been perfect. I told my kids, you know, as I get grew older kids, you're going to need to go get inner healing from your journey with your parents because we've done the best we can, but we fell short. Just get some inner healing now so that you can start. And, and, and you know what? My daughter went at 15 and started getting some inner healing. And, and now, you know, like, like, like that's just a normal journey for every one of us. No parent is perfect. No child is perfect. The more grace we have for our parents and the grace we have for ourselves and the grace we have for our children, the better we're going to be. The more we learn to forgive those who were meant before us because every parent, as best as they knew how to do, fell short. We're in this earth. We're trying to get better and better. We're trying to do, but you know what? Part of the journey together is walking in grace, being gracious, forgiving, extending mercy. Woo, this gets me so happy, guys. Hey, and you know, I, I hope this podcast, you're, you're catching some impartation from this podcast, I pray literally the impartation of the Lord will be upon you. The mantle of the family would fall on you that you'd restore the original governmental assignment of family. It would be placed on your shoulders. You would have a Malachi 4, 5, and 6 mandate. The spirit of Elijah to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the parents, to break the curse on the land, to break the financial curse. God will restore finances Restore blessing, restore inheritance to you as you focus on your family. He will restore money to you, houses, land, property. As you focus on family, I guarantee you focus on Heavenly Father and you focus on loving the parents that God's given you, honoring them, valuing them, and God will restore you. He can start anywhere you're at. Maybe you're 60 years old and you're like, man, I've screwed it up. This is the perfect time to start, guys. Start the new family order and see God do an amazing work in your life and the generations to come. Leave a, leg leave a legacy for your kids, even spiritual kids. Maybe your own kids don't want to have anything to do with you. Maybe your own parents, you're having a strange relationship, but start loving the people that you have access to. And God will bring the people that you want and need restoration with at the right time. So I'm praying grace on you to go after restoration of family, to prioritize that, and guys, just a reminder that we have an amazing event coming up. If you're watching this before the event or, and listening to this before the event, July 13th through 15th, we have our gathering of the prophets in Orange County in Southern California, in California, the city, the state, the Thyatira state where there's a Jezebel battle, but those who overcome it get authority in the nations. Guys, that's how you overcome Jezebel, loving family and loving the Lord first. Proper relational dynamics. And guys, God has given me by his grace and my wife and my family a prophet of fire grace. And we are going to have a, an event that you're going to want to be at July 13th through 15th where you're going to catch that prophet of fire grace that family grace, that authority for the nation's grace, and you're going to get clear on your kingdom prophetic assignment. You're going to get, uh, you're going to get empowered. You're going to get a, a connection with other like-minded family, kingdom prophetic family. So join us. Uh, you can go to www.engageyourengageyourpurpose.com. 
engagejourpurpose.com and join us. Guys, sign up. You can join us online or in person. We'd love to see you in person. There's still some spots in person to join us. We have a limited seating. Only a little over, I think about 300 people are going to be at our event in person. So I'd love to see you there. We've got my awesome friend Dan McCollum and Prophet uh, Mentor going to be with us. Got my amazing Emerging Prophet team. Got hundreds of other Emerging Prophets are going to be there and gathering in person and online. So I would love to see you there to catch something for this particular hour right now where God's doing something in the earth like never before. Can't wait to see you on the journey. Love you guys. I'm glad you're listening. Share, share this podcast, this YouTube with somebody else and let us know what you think about it. Blessings on you. See you soon.